Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Let's go. On this. Little Caesar. Say you sick and sit a podcast. We back. So all my girls be I and C's Coming backstage, dying to get pleased You got me, I rock me Versace and linen While you spotting, grinning With a bunch of foxy women Let's go Speedball with cars, that's the valley I get clothes custom made From a stylist Mike Jack, let's go Say sick and sit a podcast Take you on the natural high Like a palate It be all good, toss your clothes like a salad When it's all over, put your vote in my ballot This my just taking me back to my club days Listening to what your girlfriend's mentioned. He's a slut, he's a hoe, he's a freak. Got a different girl every day. Let's go. It's cool, not trying to put a rush on you. I, I gotta let, let you know that, that I got a crush on you. Yo, shorty, won't you go get a bag of the lead to? I'll be undressed in the bra or see through. Why you count your juice? Say sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. I wanted to was freak you. Keep your stone sets. I got my own baguettes. And I'll be doing things that you won't regret. Little Kim the Queen Bee, so you best take heed. Shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. I'ma throw shade if I can't get paid. Blow you up to your girl like the army grenade. You can slide on my ice like the escapade. And then you get your yaya with the mama. Uh. Who me? Not you. Oh, yes, who's he? I even dig your man's style, but I love your profile. Whisper in your ear, get you all shook up, but don't blush. Just keep this on us. I know you see me on the video. True. I know you heard me on the radio. Let's go. Say sick and sit a podcast. You know I gotta switch it up, so time to switch it up. Say sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. We back for another episode. Another week is ended. Another week is about to begin. Let's go. Say sick to the podcast. Say sick and sit the podcast. Say sing us in a podcast. Let's go. They don't make music like this no more. I just don't wanna stop. Oh my love. A million days in your arms is now 
Let's go. Something wrong with you if you ain't grooving right now. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Sick and sit a podcast. I'd rather be with you because you make my heart scream and holler. Love is a gamble, and I'm so glad that I am winning. We've come a long way, and yet this is only the beginning. Oh, my love. Say, sick and sit a podcast. Say sick and sit a podcast. If you're not feeling it right now, I don't know what to say. I just don't know what to say. Because if that song is not getting you hype right now, man, I'm definitely hype. Of course, I've been pre-gaming, but, you know, to start the show off, those two songs, if you if, if you're not ready, if you ain't hype, then I don't know what to tell you. Starting off with the Junior Mafia song, that, that just took me back to my club days because they will always have a 90s set in the club, even though I was clubbing around, you know, like the early 2000s and stuff like that. But they will always have the 90s set. And I grew up on the 90s, R&B, 90s rap and stuff, so it was always great to have that in the club and with the Luther you know with the Luther you can't deny the Luther I remember (laughs) growing up and my brother my older brother being a Luther fan my brother at the time that he was a Luther fan he was in his teenage years so uh, we six years apart so at the time, I wasn't even in my teenage years, but my brother, he loved Luther. So I know about Luther because of my brother. So shout out to my brother. It's a Taste to Consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we back. Back for another episode. It's funny because this week went by fast to me, but it seemed like it's been a long time since I recorded. And... Right now, it's 9.07, Saturday night. I was supposed to start recording (laughs) at 8.30. (laughs) I had a little late start. (laughs) And it's funny because um, I initiated a a topic in in the group chat, in the UNU network group chat. That's U-A-N-D-U underscore network on Instagram. I initiated a conversation on the group chat, and it totally pushed me past the time I was supposed to start the podcast. I basically asked all the fellas in the in the uh, in the group chat, based off of your personality, um, what rapper would you be 
dead or alive right now. So based off of my personality, I said that I would be either um, Nas, J. Cole, or Big Sean. And we was just having a discussion in the chat talking about who who would everybody be. So it was a good conversation that got me ramped up for the podcast. So shout out to the You and You Network. Um, unprocessed knowledge. Separate the two podcasts. Three stars, two bars. Code of Shame. And the new podcast, Reservation for Three. They released their new episode this previous week that just passed. And I got to tell you, chemistry doesn't lie. That was a good-ass first episode. I got to give it to them. That was a good-ass first episode. The chemistry was on point, and it made for a great episode. So make sure you follow them reservation for three. If you go on you. A-N-D-U underscore network on Instagram. You will find a link to that podcast as well as all the podcasts under the network. Of course, I am a Taste to Consider podcast. You can follow me on Instagram as well as a Taste to Consider on Instagram. That's my page for my clothing brand. As well as you can follow greatest.i.am.blog on Instagram. Greatest dot greatest I am blog dot com. That's my website, my blog website. I just posted a new blog last night. So check that out. I will go into that further. I will go into that further later in the episode. Um, the new blog post is entitled I am a reflection of my reflexes. So I'm back for another episode. And I got to say, I had a previous episode called Too Lit Too Fast, where I just got too lit during the pregame where I fell asleep and I had to record the episode later than I expected and all that other good stuff. And this was close to being Too Lit Too Fast. But I went throughout my day. My day day was kind of, my day was normal. But it was it didn't go it didn't go normally, if that makes sense. So I woke up, uh, went to the uh did my my uh normal morning routine where I said my affirmations, meditated, prayed, all that that good stuff. And then I went to the gym. Today was leg day. So I knocked that out, came home, had my uh my protein shake. I do uh, vegetable protein, and I also did. Uh, I also had some hash browns to for my carb intake. And after that, I was just I was tired. I was spent. So, and I that was probably from the night before because I I don't think I went to bed till like four o'clock in the morning uh, last night. And. So I was tired, so I had to take a nap. So I took like a good 30-minute nap, and then I got up and, you know, um, got dressed. I get dressed for the show. I got a whole routine and everything. I was down in the uh, tasting room, had the iRobot cleaning up the vacuum in the floor and all that. Had my routine where I lit the candles, lit the incense, 
lit the cigar, had my drink, played the music. But what threw me off was normally I do my outline outline for the podcast on Fridays, but I didn't do it Friday. I didn't do it Friday, which was yesterday. So I had to do it today. So I was doing that like around like five, between five, um, thirty, six thirty. So that threw me off a little bit. And then, excuse me, burp number one. What's that? Twelve minutes in. So having to do the outline threw me off a little bit because I waited so late. But I got it done, and then I started pre-gaming. Usually, I, I got like a two-hour window when I pre-game for the podcast, but this time it was a short window. I had like an hour. And, yeah. So I'm on my third drink right now. Um, I'm drinking, tonight I'm drinking Maker's Mark whiskey. And the cigar that I'm smoking is a, what a cigar is this? Um, um, it's an Alec, Alec Bradley cigar. And it's a classic blend. And like I, I said on a previous episode about how there's plenty, there's tons of different cigars out here. But they, but a lot of cigars are under like one brand. So this is an Alec Bradley cigar. I've had plenty of Alec Bradley cigars, but this is this is a first for me, this particular one. So, yeah. I put the uh, outline together and pregame and initiated that conversation on the group chat, and that took me a little bit past the time. But that conversation got me even more into the podcast mode. I wish that we would have had that conversation on uh, Unproductive and Unapologetic Podcast, but we can still have it, so it's just a matter of when we get everybody together to do an episode of the uh unproductive and unapologetic podcast we can we can have that that conversation as well because it it was actually even though it was through text it was a it was a, a good conversation it was a fun conversation so shout out to them yeah we back for another episode let me take a sip of water real quick i got i got the water over here as well as the crackers you know i i know myself so i know just by the way that I that I eat, you know, because after my workout, the first meal that I had was actually that protein shake and the hash browns. So I got to tread a little lightly <laughs> with how much I was drinking or whatever. So let me take a sip of water. And I had some crackers, but let me get a couple of more crackers just to, you know, soak up that alcohol. I don't want to be all chewing in the mic, but of course you can hear that I got food in my mouth. So I took some more water to wash the the crackers down. So we back for another episode. Like I said, already I got a, a new blog post up. 
and I'll go in that into that later. But we're gonna get right into it because um I got a long list for this show. I'm gonna start out, you know, um by saying shout out to the folks in Haiti. We're gonna send prayers and blessings and and our thoughts and stuff to the people in Haiti. They had like a seven point two earthquake today in Haiti and they also have a, a hurricane coming their way. So we're gonna send, you know, our our thoughts and prayers and stuff to the folks in Haiti. And what's interesting about um about that is let me pull up my stuff. Today is the actual anniversary Back in August 14, 1791 is the anniversary for when uh, the actual slave, the the enslaved people of Haiti came up with their their plan and started their revolt against their enslavers. So it's interesting that they had this earthquake, that earthquake on that that exact day. And me being the person that I am, quote-unquote conspiracy theorist and all that other stuff, I feel like this was plain. We all, I've already talked about before about how the Haitian president was killed, assassinated, and how after he was assassinated, the COVID-19 vaccines was pushed to Haiti. So, moving along in the show. We're going to start with the Blackity Black Woke segment. Let's just start the Blackity Black Woke segment from the jump. The number of white people in the U.S. fell for the first time since 1790, according to new data from the 2020 census. There's a couple of things with this. So if, if if you part of the woke conspiracy community this has already been out there that as far as the the white population fading that it was just a matter of time that you know they that their population has been declining over the years and this this 2020 census is is evidence of that but another thing with this is they said the number of white people in the u.s fell for the first time since 1790 so that shows that they have been keeping records, good records, since 1790. So that's that tells us that all the stuff that we've been we've been taught as far as the transatlantic slave trade and what we what some of us know as quote unquote black people, so-called black people, black Americans in this country is that. If we want to find out who we truly are, where we truly came from, the information is out there. Yeah. So. (laughs) Moving along. I got a clip for you. I'm going to start. I'm going to start this this COVID vaccine talk off with a clip. So let me pull this clip up and let's go of people dying of COVID. So 
The case definition is, is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, um, it, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if, um, it technically, if even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's helpful. I just... Yeah. I thought that clip was relevant because we have all these conversations about the COVID virus and people dying from it and contracting it and all this other stuff. And you have all the people who's for the vaccine. And like our preface, I need to preface this for every show. I'm not against people getting the vaccine. You can do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. And also, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister-in-law all got the shot. So it's not like I'm sitting here um, bashing people or judging people for getting the vaccine or anything. You can do whatever you want to do. All I'm doing is pointing out certain information. That's it. Granted, I do have my opinions and stuff on getting the vaccine and not getting the vaccine. I have not gotten the vaccine and I don't plan on getting the vaccine. But the way that things are shaping up, in the country, they are heavily pushing this vaccine on people. So it's not a case of me sitting here saying people are stupid for getting the vaccine and stuff like that. That's not what I'm saying. That's definitely not what I'm saying. You do whatever is in the best interest for you, whatever decision you make. All I'm saying is use your critical thinking skills. So moving along. CDC says all pregnant people should be vaccinated against coronavirus. They didn't say pregnant women. They said pregnant people. That's another story, and I'm just going to leave that alone. But, yeah, this, this right here is interesting because I've, I've heard plenty of stories from women who have actually been pregnant that have gotten the vaccine, that have actually had miscarriages and complications. So... I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just pushing the information. People I already know people are going to do whatever the hell they want to do. So I'm not going to get into this old, overly um, judgmental or analysis of a conversation with this COVID vaccine. It is what it is. A Metro Atlanta pastor and his team have made the decision to acquire worshipers to show proof of full vaccination status, but they can, but they can entire worship service. Um, that is that is what it says. So they wrote that wrong. <laughs> Basically, they they saying that you can't attend the worship service unless you are able to show that you've been vaccinated. So. I don't know if this is a black church or a white church or not, but I'm going to assume that it's a black church since it says it's in Metro Atlanta. And the reason that I bring this up is because 
we have a lot of instances when it comes to black churches where they push a lot of these agendas on their congregations, whether it's voter voting for a certain uh, candidate. Now we have the vaccine, whatever is, you know, you know how it is. Well, I ain't going to say, you know how it is. Cause some people, some people are, are fine with, with, with not using their critical thinking skills. And it's just fine with just ignorance is bliss for a lot of black people. I've come to find out. But like I said, I'm just I'm just pointing stuff out. I'm just putting it out there. Moving along. Just then, Southwest Airlines, American Airlines, and Delta Airlines will not require employees to get vaccinated. Breaking with United Airlines mandate that workers get vaccinated by October 25th or face getting fired. I brought this up because United Airlines is looking real stupid right now. Because they're going to lose a lot of good employees to these three other airlines, Southwest, American, and Delta. And I'm sure Southwest, American, and Delta are so happy that they'll be able to get some new employees, (laughs) some good employees in their airlines. Anti-vax nurse injects 8,600 with saline instead of vaccine. This is according to the New York Post. I bring that up because whoever that nurse is, (laughs) I ain't mad at you. But it's funny because I was thinking to myself, if we get to that point where I can no longer say I'm not getting the vaccine. I can no longer say no. I can no longer fight for for my freedom, for my choice as a human being. I was thinking to myself, I'm going to take all the money out of my savings account and tell whoever this nurse or doctor is who's going to give me this vaccine, I'll pay you this amount of money for you to give me saline instead of the COVID vaccine. Moving along, Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine, just 42% effective against infection, Amit Delta spread, prepent suggests. I'm going to read a couple of excerpts from that article. It says, early findings posted ahead of rigorous peer review suggested the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine declined to 42% effectiveness against infection, um, its sweeping spread of Delta variant with the Moderna vaccine declining to 76%. Remember last episode, I told y'all they, didn't e- they don't even have a test for the Delta variant. But moving along back to the article. Researchers at the Mayo Clinic and Cambridge-based biotech company reference posted the retrospective study this week, drawing from tens of thousands of PCR tests conducted at the Mayo Clinic and affiliated hospitals across nearly half a dozen states. The study period analyzed samples from January to July when either the Alpha or Delta variant was a highly prevalent strain. I ain't even heard nothing about the Alpha variant. Excuse me. Sooner or later, we got this Delta variant out now. And remember last episode, I told you about they got the the uh, lambda, excuse me, 
the lambda variant sooner or later we're gonna have the omega variant the the omega variant gonna be the variant that you can't fight <laughs> nothing can fight the omega variant you know omega being the godlike variant <laughs> back to the article the Delta variant prevalence in, in Minnesota increased from 0.7% in May to over 70% in July, whereas the Alpha variant prevalence decreased from 85% to 13% over the same time period, the preprint says. So you got this Alpha variant that I ain't never heard of, but it came before the Delta variant. But the Alpha variant decreased in the percentage of infection, but now the Delta variant is going up. So I guess the alpha variant, people didn't, the, 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 the public didn't catch on to, so it didn't scare them enough. So now they're pushing the Delta variant. Like I said, as soon as the Delta variant doesn't work, the, the Omega variant going to come out. <laughs> the God-like variant. While results indicated the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines were highly effective against COVID-19 infection, parentheses 76%, 86% respectively, and hospitalization 85% and 91.6%, the effectiveness against infection dropped by July to 42% and 76% respectively. Like I said, I'm just laying stuff out there. Moving along. Pfizer, Moderna, seen reaping billions from COVID-19 vaccine booster market. You know, they've been talking since this, since the Delta variant has been being pushed so heavily. They've been talking about that people who have received the vaccines already are going to have to get these booster shots. A third shot. New York, according... New York, according to Reuters, drug makers Pfizer, Inc., BioNTech, and Moderna, Inc. are expected to reap billions of dollars from COVID-19 booster shots in a market that could rival the $6 billion in annual sales for flu vaccines for years to come, analysts and healthcare investors say. We got to think about this. We ain't heard about the flu since the COVID-19 virus has come out. If you go on, if you research, you can just go on Google for all this shit. This shit is on there. But people don't want to, ignorance is bliss to people. They don't want to do no, no critical thinking. So, the flu vaccine has went down drastically. No, not the flu vaccine. The flu infection, the flu virus has gone down drastically since the COVID-19 has come out. Drastically. It says, for several months, the companies have said they expect that fully inoculated people will need an extra dose of their vaccines to maintain protection over time and to fend off new coronavirus, new corona variants. 
Pfizer says third vaccine dose strongly increases Delta variant protection. Interesting, even though they don't even have a test for the Delta variant. Go through this outline. Okay. 27 people aboard Carnival cruise ship test positive for COVID-19. A Carnival ship that set sail from Texas had 27 COVID-19 positive people aboard Wednesday, the highest number of reported cases on a U.S. ship since the cruise industry opened back up this summer. The Carnival Vista arrived in Belize City with 26 infected crew members and one infected guest, according to the Belize Tourism Board. Officials noted that there were more than 4,000 people on the ship and 99.98% of the crew was vaccinated, along with the vast majority of the passengers. Each and every person that was infected was vaccinated. So we sitting here, you have all these vaccinated people out here talking about, so just get vaccinated. What are y'all doing? We need, we need to get back to our lives and all this other stuff. But you see all these numbers of going up for the COVID-19 but they are pushing this narrative and this agenda of the unvaccinated people making the numbers rise. But each and every report we see is that the vaccinated people are the ones who are getting infected and who are the super spreaders of the Delta variant. This is out here. This information, these studies, these findings, these reports are out here. You have all these people who have gotten vaccinated just so they can, quote unquote, get back to their lives. But they are the ones that's that's out here, quote unquote, living. Pushing and spreading this virus. But let me move on. Unvaccinated workers could receive a $50 monthly paycheck deduction from employees. This is the new report that has come out that's saying that a lot of companies are going to start deducting $50 from employees who aren't unvaccinated as a, a fee or something from their health insurance policies. Look this shit up. This shit is stupid to me, but (laughs) let me move on. Paris. Police are roaming around at public places, coffee shops, restaurants, asking for people to show us your vaccination papers. They actually have an app for it. They have an app for it. Uh, where am I? Um, the Delta variant of the COVID-19 can have symptoms that are more mild and typically not associated with the virus that some may mistake the illness as allergies or another common sickness. This is the shit I'm talking about right here. We have seen the flu virus 
drastically go down to the point where nobody has been diagnosed with the flu since this COVID-19 virus has gone down. And this is not me saying that the COVID-19 virus isn't real. I understand that it's real. I definitely do. Remember the clip that I played about, I just played about people being, people dying and people actually being characterized or um, diagnosed as dying from the COVID-19. Let me move on. D.C. is planning to require corona vaccinations for city employees. I bring that up because, of course, I'm in D.C. I don't work for the D.C. government, so that doesn't necessarily apply to me. But I'm a federal contractor, so I have been getting... uh, This has been... There have been information out about, um, of course, the the getting vaccinated and if you don't get vaccinated you'll have to wear your mask and social distance and be subjected to weekly or bi-weekly testing so yeah an ohio judge has ordered a man to get vaccinated against covid19 or face jail time quote i'm just a judge not a doctor but i think the vaccine's a lot safer than fentanyl which is what you had in your pocket pocket end quote so i'm gonna play a clip from this actual post so let me pull this up let me find it first um here we go bear with me had the mask on because i heard that the covid numbers was going back up again 21 year old brandon rutherford says he wore his face mask to court wednesday as he awaited sentencing for a drug-related crime rutherford says hamilton county judge christopher wagner asked him questions he asked me, was I vaccine? I told him no. And he asked me, do I plan on getting vaccine? I told him no. Rutherford says that's when Judge Wagner ordered him to get a COVID vaccine shot within two months as a condition of Rutherford's community control, which is often called probation. I don't plan on getting it. I don't want it. So for him to tell me that I have to get it in order for me to not violate my probation is crazy because I'm just trying to do what I can to get off this as quickly as possible, like finding a job and everything else. But that little thing can set me back. Rutherford's attorney, Carl Lewis, stood next to Rutherford during sentencing. I was taken aback because I did, again, when you like, whoa, I don't think the judge is within their powers to do that. Lewis told the I-team this is the first time he's heard of a Hamilton County judge ordering someone to get the COVID vaccine. On Rutherford's court papers, there is a question mark next to the judge's order to get vaccinated. If he truly believes that he's within this authority and power to order the individual to get a vaccine, then we'll have a legal issue to address. The I-team sent the judge's staff an email and left two phone messages, but they did not respond. It's not like I'm out here getting in any more trouble or anything like that, but because I won't take a shot, they can send me to jail. That's crazy, man. So they, 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 this judge is using the vaccination as a punishment. <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about right here. They're pushing this vaccine too much for us, for us to be comfortable about it. Like they have never, the government, any type of people who are in, 
any type of authority position pushing this vaccine. They have never cared about black people's health. They've never pushed anything about black people's health, but they're pushing this vaccine like crazy. And that's why I was just look at it like this is a money play. This is capitalism. Capitalism. You remember my episode, Capitalism. All this shit is about money, man. Money. Money plays. Y'all know I usually have to take a bathroom break because of my pre-gaming, my drinking, and my water and all that other stuff. So let me take my break now. I'll be back in a second to conclude the blackity black woke segment. So I'm back. This next story in the blackity black woke segment. Um, I, I'm bringing it up because I'm a big boxing fan. So last week there was this uh, this big fight. Um, it wasn't a big fight, but it was a it was a fight. <laughs> it was a boxing match, and uh, it was a lot of controversy around the decision of it. And one of the the, the judges. Gloria Martinez Rizzo, she was suspended for six months because of a controversial scorecard that she had um, during the fight between Mikhail Fox, which is a black man, and Gabriel Maestro, I guess that's his last name. But I'm bringing it up because everybody thought that the black guy... Michael Mikhail Fox won the fight, right? But this judge, Gloria Martinez Rizzo, she had a controversial scorecard, which led to Michael or Mikhail Fox losing the fight. And everybody was like, what the hell is going on? So then in the midst of the controversy of everybody trying to figure out how the hell did she have this scorecard that she had, you know how Twitter is if, you, if you're heavy on Twitter. People went through her tweets and found that she's an uh, openly racist person. She had tweets um, supporting Trump, uh, calling um, Michelle Obama a monkey and all this other stuff. So I brought it up just to say that despite the... The what's the word I want to use? Despite the the um, nonchalant way that we live our lives as black people, that it is so much underlying racism and white supremacy in each and every avenue of life that these type of things happen. So that's that's why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> Uh, moving on. Let me see. The U.S. Senate unanimously passed a resolution declaring November as Hip Hop History Month. So the fuck what? Fuck that shit. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, this is more of the stuff that I be talking about. Like, previous episode I had titled, Now What? We always get these symbolic bullshit ass stuff for our community fuck the u.s senate unanimously passing some shit about hip-hop month what about our reparations 
what about our um crime bit what about the 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 crime bills we got against the police reform bills and all that other stuff. What about the anti-lynching bills and all that other stuff? Fuck this hip-hop history month. We don't give a fuck. Well, at least I don't give a fuck. I know it's a lot of people out there who give a fuck because they, they're into the the tangible shit, the symbolic shit. So it says the resolution is a bill that officially designates November 2021 as hip-hop history month. In addition to the month, we will have an official hip-hop celebration day on August 11th. The Senate moved swiftly to pass the resolution, first introduced on July 29th, which was also co-sponsored by Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy and California Senator Alex Padilla. The resolution will commemorate the back-to-school jam organized by hip-hop pioneer DJ Cool Herc and his sister Cindy Campbell on August 11th. Man, it's some it's some coons and sambos out here, boy, that would do anything for the dollar. Anything to get in the spotlight and to keep a get some recognition or something, boy. I tell you, we started with uh, it ain't not started with we had um a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or whatever with juvenile with the vaccine jump. <laughs> the vax that thing up shit. We this shit is we are some damn man. <laughs> oh man, our critical thinking skills, boy. And when it comes down to it, we just want we just want money and recognition from the white man. <sighs> Let me move on. <laughs> Biden administration announces ten million dollars to improve gender equity among workers in Mexico. Let me read this again. Biden administration announces $10 million to, quote, improve gender equity, end quote, among workers in Mexico. Not the U.S., not the U.S., but Mexico. (laughs) I'm going to play a clip. I'm going to play a clip. I got two clips for y'all in reference to this. We're going to start out with my man, Dr. Claude Anderson. They're going to put it on the table for everybody but black folk. They want to use the black vote to get benefits for everybody else. That's why if you go back and say, find me one instance, whether under any president or any of the political party has ever done anything specifically and solely for black folk, and I'll give you $100 right now. It has never happened. It will never happen to black folk learn to say, hey, on that back in 1860." They, they, when these civil rights leaders start talking about people of color, the attorney general of the United States says black folk do not qualify to be people of color. They are not qualified. People of color mean in and everything but black folk. But these civil rights leaders keep talking about we're all together as brothers. They were not your brothers. They're coming here to compete with you. You're in a race. In a race, you don't try to get along with everybody. You try to get ahead. Black folk have been taught to try to get along, be accepted, rather than getting ahead. And they keep caught being caught under the doctrine of unequal exchange. They never got anything. They will never get anything because they don't know how to play the game of politics. Now, while I got the crackers in my mouth, let me move on to <laughs> let me move on to the second clip. I apologize in advance for having the food in my mouth, but let me move on to the second clip. 
policy also is this. Any policy that will benefit black people will benefit all of society. Let's be clear about that. Let's really be clear about that. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to do something that's only going to benefit black people. No, because whatever benefits that black family will benefit that community and society as a whole in the country. Right? This is for, that's your vice president, Kamala Harris, Miss Pearls and Chucks, Kamala Harris. Let me play that clip again for y'all to hear it. Reality also is this. Any policy that will benefit black people will benefit all of society. Let's be clear about that. Let's really be clear about that. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to do something that's only going to benefit black people. No, because whatever benefits that black family will benefit that community and society as a whole in the country. Right. 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 <laughs> and let's go. Let's go back. Let's let's rewind a little bit back to the um, the story that I posted about the white population decreasing. And I was in the gym today. Today was leg day. So I was in the gym taking a, a, a one-minute break between my sets, right? So I'm looking at the TVs in the gym, and I see that they were actually talking about this. And they said that non-Hispanic whites, non-Hispanic whites, listen to that. Excuse me. Non-Hispanic whites. Non-Hispanic whites. That's what they were saying when they was talking about the decline of the white population for the 2020 census. So this goes back to the Claude Anderson clip. We got to stop putting this, we got to stop aligning ourselves with this people of color stuff or this black and brown stuff. Because I talked about this before on on my podcast about how you have white Hispanics that hate us just as much as white races do. So we got to stop trying to care about or align ourselves with all these other people and focus just on ourselves. But I will end the blackity black woke segment off with that I hope you enjoyed it movies and TV reviews movie and TV reviews so I'm a big Marvel fan I have a subscription to Disney Plus so the new Disney Plus Marvel series has come out what if the first episode came out Wednesday I watched it it's what if is an animated series about um different scenarios in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So the first episode was about um, Captain Carter. It was uh, basically, a, a, I don't want to say a spinoff, but it was a recreation of the Captain America story. Overall, I enjoyed the episode. I thought a lot of it, I thought, a lot of the um, commentary in the episode was a little corny. Some of the jokes and stuff was corny and stuff. Um, overall, I enjoyed the episode, but I did think that it was kind of... I thought they could have did a better job in 
making a better story. They basically used the Captain America story and just switched it around with Peggy Carter, Peggy Carter's character. They basically um, supplemented her for um, Steve Rogers, who plays Captain America. They that's that's basically basically how the story went. But overall, I enjoyed the episode. But I thought they could have did a better job in telling a, a more different story as opposed to just plugging her into the story of Steve Rogers. But I'm still looking forward to the episode. I'm looking forward to anything Marvel. But I don't enjoy everything Marvel. See, I'm I'm the opposite of most Marvel fans. Most Marvel fans, they just they just oh, over everything Marvel does. I criticize everything when is when it needs to be criticized. I just I'm just not a follower. I'm sorry. I can't do it. <laughs> and it's not it's not me being the person who has to criticize everything, but I'm just not going to fall in love with everything. I'm not going to be romanticized by everything. So, check out the what if if you're a Marvel fan, I'm sure you're already into it, but yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool. Last episode I talked about the Doctor Death docu-series so after watching the docu-series i decided to watch the actual um the actual um i don't know what they call it but the series is um the i don't it's a regular it's not the docu it's not a documentary but it's a regular series and they had like eight episodes so i uh decided to watch it after watching the docu-series the actual documentary series of Dr. Death. And I'm glad I watched the docu-series before I, wa- I I watched the actual series because just ha- just uh having the the true accounts uh from the people who were involved or who had who played some role in 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 this story, it was better than being better than watching the actual regular series first. Because I, for one, I enjoy documentaries more than I do the actual um, biopics or bio series or whatever. Because I like to hear like true accounts from people and stuff like that. Because I already know that like when they do the actual biopics or bio series, they over dramatize the stories in it. So, but. The actual bio series was actually good, but I enjoyed the docu series better. So, um, both of those, the docu series as well as the bio series, is on um, the Peacock app. But if you have a Fire Stick and you know what you're doing, you know how to see those. So, I, you know, it's a good, it's a good show to watch. The docu series as well as the bio series. So, um, this week. The uh, Titans, Titans series is season three. Has is it season three or season two? I think it's season three. I can't remember. But the new season of the Titans has come on the come back on the HBO Max um, app. And I got to shout out my man Littles, Littles one one two six on Instagram. He put me on to this series because I'm not a big DC. DC Comics or DC Universe fan, I'm more of a Marvel Universe fan because they keep keep things kind of in line with everything. But DC kind of be all over the place. But 
I definitely got to shout out Littles for putting me onto this Titan series. This Titan series is on HBO Max. They don't they don't hold nothing back. I mean, you got violence, the sex, the debauchery, the cussing, all that. And it's a good story. It's good action and all that. So if you into action and comic books and stuff like that, check out the Titans on the uh, HBO Max app. And, you know, like I already said, if, if you have a fire stick and you know what you're doing, you can you can find it without being on the app. So, um, yeah. Finishing off the TV and movie reviews, this, this is not necessarily a review. But I came across this post that says, um, Twitter, Twitter post that says, I'm having a debate. Would y'all agree that Michael B. Jordan is the next Denzel of our generation? And this is a debate that I've been having with people offhand for a while. We all know Denzel is like above and beyond um, the greatest actors of our time. Not just the greatest black actors, but greatest actors of all time. And we know Michael B. Jordan has been on the come up ever since he's been in uh, The Wire. I enjoy Michael B. Jordan movies, but I don't see him as the next Denzel Washington. And I say that because I don't see Michael B. Jordan as having the same type of range as Denzel Washington. I can't even compare Michael B. Jordan to Will Smith because Will Smith, even though Will Smith did a lot of blockbuster movies and stuff like that, Will Smith has a lot of range. And it started even with the first movie that he ever made. I forgot the name of it, but he played like a a gay dude before he even blew up into the blockbuster realm. But even after him blowing up in the blockbuster realm, he's done a lot of movies where he's showed his range as an actor, that he's just not a blockbuster actor. I look at Michael Jordan more as a, a actor of of comparison to like a, The Rock. Not saying that he will get as big as The Rock in the blockbuster arena, but I'm saying as though that he should follow, that he will, he should follow and he, he, he probably is going to follow the same road as The Rock. The Rock don't care about range as far as doing movies or whatever. He he just do blockbuster movies and action movies. And I feel like that's the lane that Michael B. Jordan probably is going to go or should go unless he, you know, works further on his craft to build that range where he can he can be something outside of just himself that's in every movie because I kind of see Michael B. Jordan as being the same person in every movie that he's played. <laughs> and not saying that he's not a good actor, but I just don't think that he he pushes the limit that uh, Denzel does and as Will Smith does. I mean, we've seen Denzel and Will in biopics where, like Denzel, he's played Malcolm X. Amazing. We've seen Will Smith play... Um, Muhammad Ali, amazing. And we also seen them play fictional characters where they have pushed the range in drama movies and stuff like that. But we haven't yet seen Michael B. Jordan do that yet. 
So Michael B. Jordan is just, he's kind of like in the in the conversation, but he's not in the in the the he's he hasn't reached the plateau of being a Denzel or Will Smith. He's just in the conversation as we have with this tweet right here. But I'm not a hater. I enjoy um Michael B. Jordan movies. I enjoyed the uh Creed movies. I enjoyed the movie that he recently came out with that came on Prime. Um but yeah, I definitely I'm a fan of Michael B. Jordan, so I I will I'm definitely rooting for him. But um uh, moving along, let's see. Where we at? This outline. Um Okay, let's get to my um I told you I just uh, posted a new blog post on greatest I am blog, greatest I am blog dot com. <laughs> Maybe it is too lit, too fast, but I don't think I'm there. But greatest I am blog blog dot com. I posted a new blog last night. Uh, greatest I am dot blog on Instagram. I'm really contemplating. I've been contemplating lately whether I'm going to just uh, get rid of the. Um, that blog page because I, I haven't been really posting on it like that. And the reason that I haven't been is because I talked about it on the previous episode, like two episodes ago about just the, I kind of get overwhelmed at times when people uh, hit me up and send me DMs and respond to me and ask me questions and stuff. I kind of get overwhelmed with that, you know? Um, So I just feel like, I don't know. I've been contemplating going back and forth whether I'm going to get rid of that page. But I posted a new blog, and it's entitled, I Am a Reflection of My Reflexes. And I talked about previous episodes about how I've been, like, obsessively watching the um, the movie The Photograph. And that's what inspired, that was the inspiration around this blog post. So, um Check that blog post out. I am a reflection of my reflexes. And basically, you know, just to give a little summary of it, I was talking about how, you know, we all have reflect, we all reflect and have reflections on our lives and, you know, the things that we've gone through, um, people that we've had relationships with and stuff like that. But we, we, we never think about the reflexes that we have and those reflexes being things that we've picked up in our childhood and our relationships with our mom and dad, the lack of relationships that we've had with our mom and dad um, and how those reflexes affected our lives affected and affected our lives um, when dealing with other people, um, dealing with ourselves, having a relationship with ourselves, having a relationship with other people. Um, and it was all inspired by um, the photograph. So check that blog post out, you know, um, hit me up. I've already been getting uh, feedback from it. I appreciate that. I appreciate the feedback that I've been getting from the podcast. Um, I'm going to leave it up. I'm not going to leave it up forever. I'm probably going to take it down in a, in uh after next week 
I'm not going to leave it up um, forever. Um, but, yeah. But I, I think that that is something that we tend to forget or we don't even acknowledge or are aware of or accept as as you know, as individuals that, you know, it's, it's always normal and natural to think about our physical reflexes. If somebody try to punch us or throw something at us or, or anything like that, we're going to try to block it or dodge it. But we never think about our emotional and mental reflexes. You know, a lot of us have our guards up. We have a lot of us has have fears, insecurities, and stuff. We've dealt with trauma. We dealt with um, emotional, um, unavailable parents or people, and stuff like that. And these are all things that have have built and created, or you know, created the foundation for our ref- our emotional and mental reflexes in life, and when those when when those reflexes are stimulated or triggered you know and those reflexes pop out in our relationships you know and um i thought that was something there's something that i wasn't even aware of until i started going to therapy so it was something that um i thought that i kept i kept feeling like, like why the hell am i keep why is this movie such an important thing to me? Why am I keep watching this movie every night? And a couple of days ago, I believe it was like Thursday night when I watched the movie because I was watching the movie every night before I went to bed. And and Thursday night, the message came to me. We are all a reflection of our reflexes. And that the the movie, the photograph inspired that, you know, we we have so many um, reflections on life of things that we wish we could have did or we should have did or um, relationships with our parents or any individual or whatever. And those those reflections are basically showing what our ref- what our reflexes were, what our um, defense mechanisms were. You know, so. Like I said, I am a reflection of my reflexes. Like I've gone throughout life uh, being afraid of certain things, um, not wanting to tolerate certain things, tolerating certain things just based off of seeing um, things that my parents gone through or the interactions that I have with my parents or the lack thereof and stuff like that. Like I, I talk about it all the time, how my parents were wasn't emotionally available for me. So my reflexes have been to um, avoid that, but also my reflexes have been to attract that, you know, or be comfortable with that. So it's just all these reflections and stuff. So I think, you know, it was a good thing to kind of point that out and whoever feels the need to read it and stuff like that is for you, you know, that is a message for you. So um, check that out. Let me know what you think. Um, Moving along. I got a a clip. This is a clip 
uh, Nick Cannon did an interview on The Breakfast Club. And I've talked about Nick Cannon before, and it's relevant to what I previously talked about. So let me play the clip, and we'll get into it. It's not the number of kids, though. I guess people question the different baby mothers. That's what well, it why is. Why do people question that? I mean, because it, like, it's, that's a Eurocentric concept when you think about the, the ideas of, like, it's, you're supposed to have this one person for the rest of your life and really that's just a classified property when you think about it i mean like when you go into that mindset if we really talk in that talk like just the idea that a man should have one woman we shouldn't have anything i have no ownership over this person like if we really talking about how we coexist and how we populate it's about what exchange can we create together so I've never really subscribed to that mentality. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I understand the institution of marriage and stuff, but if we go back to what that was about, that was the classified property. That was because one a father gave another man his daughter for land. So when you really get to that concept, it's like, all right, well, we got to change all of this up because I don't want ownership over anybody. I don't have ownership of any of the uh, mothers or... Okay. So that's the clip. And I talked about, um, let me take this crack out of my mouth. I talked about previously about Nick Cannon and him having all these kids and stuff like that and how we can sit here all day and talk about Nick Cannon having money and stuff like that. Money is cool and stuff. You can have this money to provide for your kids, but what they really need is your presence, you know, the emotional availability, mental availability of you of your presence being in their lives or whatever and if if you've been paying attention to nick cannon in the past couple of years nick cannon is on this whole hotep thing and all this other stuff he's he's found he's found himself and he's found who he is as a black man and all this other stuff like that but i gotta be honest nick cannon is full of shit the cannon is full of shit. When he's sitting here talking about in this clip, talking about ownership and all that other stuff, yeah, we understand that there's some men out here who look at their women, at, look look at their women as owning them. And we've, I ain't gonna say we, but I have seen plenty of guys out here who have had children with women and they look as though because they have a child with this woman that they have ownership over this woman that they have rights over this woman a lot of guys have gotten women pregnant just so they can have ownership quote-unquote ownership over these women they didn't want to be with the women but they wanted to have a kid with them so they can come back and have a reason to come back anytime that they want i experienced this personally in my life there's some guys out here who find religion who find themselves quote unquote who find the hotepness and the africanness and the pan-africanness and the the indigenous and the aborigines and all that other good type of shit but like the saying goes, with great power becomes great responsibility. And there's a lot of guys out here that 
find these find these new avenues find religion find hotepness and all that other stuff and use it to their advantage to manipulate women and that's just what it is i know it because i've seen it personally It's a lot of guys out here that will use this knowledge because knowledge is power. They will use this knowledge to manipulate women in order to get what they want. Nick Cannon's talking about all this good stuff about, you know, I'm not subscribing to this Eurocentric um, definition of being in a relationship or whatever the hell he was talking about. But if you look at each and every one of the women that Nick Cannon has a kid with, Every one of them women looks the Eurocentric part. It is what it is. Some people will get this knowledge but their true personalities or their true egos will not fade. Their true egos will run with this knowledge to continue egoing. <laughs> Their ego will get bigger with the knowledge. We can sit here and say that getting married is a Eurocentric thing whatever but we know plenty of african tri and african tri i'm trying to say it right let me see african cultures or whatever nick cannon is on they do get married whether they get married to multiple women or not they still get married and they keep the household together You have polygamists and they'll have multiple wives or whatever. But they still all living in a household. Nikana just got women spread all over and just having kids with them. And this is what I'm talking about with the reflection of reflexes. Whatever Nikana has gone through in his life has made him just think that it's cool to just go out here and have multiple kids with different women. And it's fine. And I'm not sitting here saying that it's not it's not the right concept. I don't feel that it's is 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 either a right or wrong situation when it comes to him making the decisions that he wanna make. But I do feel that it's a right or wrong situation when the kids are involved. So He's pushing this thing that he has an appreciation for fatherhood. But you got multiple baby mothers. And you can't physically be there for each and every child when they need it. Not when you are available or when you feel like it. But when those actual children need your presence. These kids aren't in the same home. 
I don't care how much money you have and you can take whatever flights you want to take to go see these kids. It still is not when these kids need it. And then when you think about the concept of, of not even the concept, but just think about the, a child's mind. A child's mind, they will look at it as though I want my parents to be together. They don't know what's going on between the parents. They don't know about the art. They might not know about it in the beginning. They might not know about it and all that other stuff. And even if they know about it, they still want these parents to get together. They still want these parents to be together. And it's like Nick Cannon is just taking this selfish approach of what just what he wants to do. He ain't thinking about nobody but himself. And he's using this, this knowledge to push to these women and eventually push to these kids on how they should conduct themselves in the relationship. So it's a Eurocentric concept to own another person. Okay. So he looks at it that wives are property. He automatically looks at it that way. He sees it as the Eurocentric concept is wives are property. But he's not taking the time to see that a lot of the things that a lot of the concepts in his life are Eurocentric because we live under a white supremacist concept. I mean, he even had to deal with it when he talked, when he came out his mouth and said black people are the Jews and stuff. And he had to go through all that, that stuff with uh, apologizing and, and, and sitting down with these rabbis and stuff like that. So this is bullshit. Like he's using it for his advantage. We understand, well, I ain't going to say we. Some people understand that marriage in this country that is more so geared towards property. Yeah. So that that's that's fine that he used that, that concept. Yeah. You have a lot of people, you have a lot of people getting married for business reasons, for tax purposes and stuff like that. And when they get divorced, even if it doesn't start that way, by the time they get divorced, then it becomes that. But just because that's the concept that we live under doesn't mean you have to live by it. I kind of feel like Whatever has happened to him in his life that has pushed him towards this. Because even before he was doing having all these baby mothers, what what did he do? He got married to Mariah Curry and he had children. He was married for a couple of years. And then it's like after the divorce then, and then he found his hotepness or whatever he found, that then he wanted to move like this. 
So does he have a disdain for women? Does he hate women? Does he he don't trust women to get into a committed relationship with them or what? I don't know. Outside of marriage being a, a financial um, agreement, it still is a spiritual thing. So either he doesn't want to take responsibility or accountability for that. I don't know. Like, it's something deeper than that. It's kind of like you holding, even though he says marriage is ownership, but you still have some ownership or some, some power over these women by having kids with them and them sitting there waiting for you to be financially responsible or accountable for these kids. Being a man and having a family is more than just providing for them financially. You have to provide for them mentally, spiritually, emotionally. You have to protect them. And then in these situations, it's like, it's no, and I've talked about this before, about how, you know, women, they want their relationships to be defined by certain things and stuff like that. But then you just leaving it all out on the win, all out in the win, with not having no definition of anything of what y'all are. Like, we don't know what Nick Cannon is telling these women. We don't. And then you have to also question what type of women are he actually dealing with. They may just be fine with just having his kids in order for them to be financially taken care of. They don't care about the the mental, the emotional and stuff like that. And this goes to this goes to what type of women are they really? Like do they even care about the ramifications of what their kid is, is going to, what their child is going to go through in the future of not having their father emotionally or mentally available to them. We talk about, I talk about plenty of times about those words, situationships and stuff like that. I mean, this this basically what he's pushing. He's pushing the situationship. He's pushing the attentionship and all that. It looks it looks good to him, as long as he has his. His uh, explanation for it of being a Eurocentric concept. He's not really taking any ownership of his his actual role in these in these relationships and his relationships with these kids. You these women are human. At some point, these women are going to get jealous. They're going to get envious. They're going to be in competition with the other women that he's had kids with. 
They're going to have insecurities and stuff. These are human beings. And then when it comes down to it, you are, you are being a role model for these kids. So what are you telling these kids with them seeing that they got different brothers and sisters with different mothers all over the place? So this is a, a thing where you further pushing this, this divide of a black family out in the open. This is going to be reflexes for them. This is going to be a new cycle for them. But let me move on so I can eat a cracker. I'm going to play this clip. Um, it's not the number. Hold on. I ain't mean to, put, I ain't mean to start that over here. Um, I got this clip. It's a clip of Barry White in 1983. And he's talking about dating. So I'm going to play this clip for y'all. Why is it divorce rate is higher today than it's ever been? Tell me why. Why is it that the cry today is don't get married? Hang loose. And the laws are going to take care of those philosophies. Uh, palimony now. You can't even hardly talk to a girl or a woman and say, baby, I like you. Would you like to like, to like me? That could cost you a court case. <laughs> uh, you can bleep this later, but it's all That's really what it is. It's American And it's going to take us to a depth stage because children are involved. What's more important than that man and woman's relationship is when they lay down with each other at night spiritually and physically communicate their bodies with, and become one. And that life comes from that moment. If that man and that woman does not have their life and their philosophies intact, that child is going to suffer. So he'll grow up at 21 and come in your house, Jay, where you and your wife is communicating and blow your damn brains out, brother. And, it, and this is all I, I've been talking about the past few episodes. And I'll talk about how you have people, women, rushing to get married and having kids and stuff like that, but they aren't even cultivating a relationship where it's actually a, a healthy space or a healthy environment for that child. They're only thinking about themselves, man and woman. But that goes back to what I'm talking about, reflexes. We all have reflexes that we have naturally but unconsciously picked up based off of the things that we've learned in our younger years. And this, excuse me, and this proves what I'm talking about with the Nick Cannon situation, with the clip from Barry White. People are so, people are so wrapped up into the stuff that they, they going through, or they aren't even self-aware of the shit that's going on inside of them. The black community, man and woman, need to go to therapy and figure shit out and heal from their traumas in order. The black family is so fucking important. 
the mental aspects that we just got this back and forth going on so much that we are just beating each other down. But let me keep going. I got another clip for y'all. Your main one is pushing for monogamy. And then when a bitch get in a relationship, you don't understand by asking this man to not fuck nobody else, by asking this man to not call nobody else, by asking this man to not look at another woman for none of his wants and needs as far as male to female, you are then saying, I'm going to be whatever you need me to be, nigga, because I don't want, but y'all don't understand that. Y'all just think that's how it's supposed to be because that's what the, the media and the movies and your man and them taught you. That, like, that's what y'all think. Y'all, y'all, like, truth be told, if you really, if up front, a bitch told you, these are all the things you're going to have to do, girl, in order to lock this nigga in like you want to, half of y'all wouldn't even want the nigga after that. But you never sit down to actually really consider what does it take to be fucking Ray Ray's girlfriend? What does it take to be Michael's wife? Like what type of demons do this nigga really got? What type of sex drive do he really got if he left every other bitch alone and only fucks with me? What type of things will he want out of me? Y'all be one a nigga that's, a, that's rich and a freak and got a great personality, but it's low-key. Don't talk to nobody, but it's a people person. But it's like, y'all want all this shit. And girl, if you actually had to entertain that nigga nonstop by yourself, bitch, you'd be a circus monkey. The way you would have to suck dick on Tuesday, swing from the ceiling fan on Thursday, be a fucking stripper on Friday because the nigga like pole dancing on the weekends. Like, the way you'd have to cook on Sunday, turn around on Monday, and like, like y'all don't even know the half. And y'all be so quick to want a nigga to just lock in on you. Do you even have enough going on for you to be a person everything? That's that's a <laughs> that's a good clip because I played a clip a couple of uh few episodes ago when a husband, husband and wife, they got a podcast together and he was asking, he was asking her, he was like, um, you you basically forced me into marriage, but when we got into marriage, you stopped giving me what I needed or wanted. Um, and they was going back and forth. I wish I st I, sh I should have kept that clip so I can replay it. But yeah, it's like a lot of times you have, and this this ain't just for women. This is men and women. We don't take the time to actually have conversations with each other. We don't take the time to actually learn each other. We don't actually take the time to heal ourselves in order to be ready, able, and willing for each other. It's just all about everybody else outside as opposed to ourselves individually and the people that we deal with. We want to show off on social media. You're in a relationship, you're posting it all on social media, something go wrong, you you deleting pictures, um, you talking shit about the your significant other and all that. Like, what is the goal? What is the goal when you get into these relationships? Is it just so you can say that you got somebody? Like, are these relationships necessities? Or obligations, or are you actually in love with this person? Do you actually like this person? 
Do you actually take the time to want to be in a, a, a partnership with a person? Being a guy, you be in a relationship with a woman, all she feels as though is that a man just needed sex. But then she's talking about she wants intimacy. She wants to be safe. She wants to feel secure. But, but never thinking that the man wants the same thing. Your partner could be craving intimacy, and it has nothing to do with sex. Here's a post that I found relevant to the clip and everything that I'm talking about right now. There's intimacy in listening. There's intimacy in eye contact. There's intimacy in sharing. There's intimacy in gratitude. There's intimacy in being present. Sex can be purchased. Sex can be purchased. You can Guys can hire a maid. What intangibles are you bringing to the table? And that goes for guys too. What intangibles are you bringing to the table just them fucking money. We have, as black people, yeah. we have to get into really figuring out what the hell we want for ourselves, healing ourselves, working on ourselves, and not just being in in situations where we're projecting or reliving childhood wounds and all that other bullshit like this is this is real because we we're going down this road where today over the past couple of years we're going down this road where we're doing too much infighting between the black man and the black woman and it's all over tangible shit is is no intangibles. Like we don't even know ourselves while we in relationships, but we asking somebody to give us something and we don't even know if we really fucking want it or need it in that. You have women in relationships with their man, not showing them no appreciation, not giving them any type of affection, no love, no words of affirmation, nothing. It's just all about them, what their timetable is. And then this guys sitting here just throwing their money around or or how cool they look or whatever or what they can buy for their woman, but never really getting into the deeper parts of what that woman really wants and needs. Let me play this next clip. You have no idea how many black women popped up in my inbox just to argue with me about something that they could easily look up. So we're going to read this together. All racial ethnic groups had more marriages than divorce. Black women were the only group that had a higher divorce rate than marriage rate, with nearly 31 divorces per 1,000 married women, age 15 and older, with only 7.3 of marriages per 1,000 unmarried women. That means not only are you getting married the least, but you have the highest divorce rate. And y'all think that's an issue for the black community? If you look down below, it says that Asian people, both male and female, are least likely to get divorced. Trying to get like them. Before we run off and say that the black man is also included in that, the black man also has a lower divorce rate than marriage rate. 
Actually, his chances of staying married are way higher if he does not marry a black woman, according to statistics. And don't confuse me pointing that out for me being happy about that. I am not happy about that shit at all. And as I look through my comment section, all I see is the pride of a black woman getting in the way of her intelligence. Blame men all you want, but you need to see the way that the world sees black women. Ladies, what is the reflection that is being shown? What is the reflection out there? You're the highest number of divorce rate out of everybody. <laughs> what are the what is the reflection of the reflexes? What reflexes that you have out here that you can't stay in a committed relationship with a man? Why is it that the black man feel, feels as though that he needs to go to another race as opposed to be with his black women? And it's not to say that I'm, I'm blaming black women. But all I'm saying is, is that there is something behind it. And I'm not putting the blame on you. Because there's a program out here. But you're, falling, you're being susceptible to that program. And that program is that you don't need a black man. A black man ain't shit to you. If you making more money than that black man, if you have a higher education than that black man, if your auntie, your grandmother, your mother, or whatever, told you that black man ain't shit, then that's what you're going to follow. It says nearly 70% of divorces are initiated by women. This is according to a 2015 research study conducted by the American Sociological Association, which suggests two-thirds of all divorces are initiated by women. Among college-educated women, this number jumps to 90%. And this is when I go back and talked about how the um getting married and getting divorced and stuff is is profitable. This is a, it's black people, we are some followers. We are follow we we're easily susceptible to being indoctrinated, to following this Eurocentric or this white supremacist concept of being in a relationship. It says, typically men suffer a larger hit to their standard of living than women. Between 10 and 40% due to alimony and child support responsibilities, the need for a separate place to live and an extra set of household furniture and expenses. During divorce, a divorce settlement, Courts are most likely to award the house and the majority of the property to women only. A majority of the divorce proceedings tend to favor women as far as division of financial assets is concerned, even in cases where the women are already earning well. I don't know. I mean... I got to be honest, it, it's discouraging, it's frustrating to see see things like this, 
because I'm all about black love. I mean, that's why I watch. <laughs> that's why I watch the photograph every night. Shit, I watch Love Jones every night right after I watch the photograph. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm not a hopeless romantic. I'm hopeful. But it's just like we're lacking the critical thinking of actually just doing what we want to do as opposed to what we've been indoctrinated and programmed to think we should do. And that just ain't got it nothing. Well, well, yeah, it got everything to do with white supremacy. Because even when we get advice from from our uncles, our fathers, our grandfathers, aunts, mothers, grandmothers, this shit is all coming from a and a divide. And I talk about it plenty of times before about that divide when it comes to the Willie Lynch syndrome. That's what it is. It's the Willie Lynch syndrome. We are programmed to fight amongst each other. We are more powerful together than anything else, and they don't want that. But I'm about to play this next clip. This is this is something that I found, a clip that I found off of a chat room, a chat house room. And it's uh the chat house room was entitled White Man Appreciation. One thousand reasons white men are better for black women. Um <laughs> I met a nerdy guy. He's really sweet. Um, we're both ambitious and educated. That's exactly the type of guy I wanted. And it's just like, there's no turning back because these dusties are dusty. Like, they just belong in a coffin. I agree. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Bianca. Who was next Mine to is a wonderful guy. Um, I can just tell you, ladies, I'm so happy that we love in white men because they are the most sweetest, wonderful men, caring, loving, patient, honorable, wonderful guys. Um, and, and, and you know what's so sad? Our mothers should have left the, left the black men a long time ago. If they would have left them a long time ago, we wouldn't have all these problems. Yeah, well, as this is the thing, though. I get what you're saying, but let's just focus on, you know, white man appreciation. I just really don't want to hear about these. <laughs> like, let's just talk about the white guys, please, y'all. I let's just, just want to give a shout out to my wonderful white father. <laughs> who's, my, who's, my, oh, what I want to say down, um, because I don't want to be all over the place. And, um... I feel safe now that the Dusties are in the gulags. Um, so oh, yeah. I closed the room. So it will just be us for some time. And then if nobody doesn't have anything to speak, I'll bring you down. Then I'll open up the rooms again. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> okay. So let me see. Where's my note cards? Um, <laughs> well, um, when I look at the title... Um, white man appreciation, 1,000 reasons why white men are better for black women. Um, well, my response to that and also my story about that is, well, first off, we aren't slaves anymore. Um, love is love. Um, white men love education. Um, my boyfriend and I are both in college. He's an econ major. He's a precious person to me. Y'all hear this shit. 
Black men, we supposed to be in coffins, we dusty, we don't care about education or nothing. Fuck all the stuff that throughout history that we've proven. Fuck all the shit that we still doing to this day. We some trash. We some fucking trash. And granted, some of these women that was in this chat house aren't black Americans. They're from, they're black, but they're from other countries. And this is what I'm talking about right here. How can how can us as black men feel comfortable? We we got to deal with so much shit each and every day. We got to deal with it from the white man. We got to deal with it from our own selves. We got to deal with people that look like us. We got to deal with our deal with it with our black women, etc., etc., at fucking cetera. We got to deal with this shit all the damn time. Like, what the fuck is going on, bruh? What is going on? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say no more. This shit is crazy. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play this next clip right here. It, it I listening to that clip. I'm gonna play this clip right here. But racial justice, when you look at that carefully, the people in the United States who are having the greatest amount of jeopardy is black males. So if you have, if you're, and you're not even talking here in the White House Gender Policy Council mission statement, you're talking about racial justice, but you're not talking about helping males. You're not talking about helping fathers. You're not talking about helping boys uh, that are that are black. Um, and so that was just astounding to me. So fortunately, I knew the woman who was the co-chair of the White House Gender Policy Council. And uh, she was, um, and so I contacted her and pointed this out as if it needed pointing out. And she said, oh, don't worry, um, Dr. Farrell, we, you know, we're gonna be very um, cognizant of men's and boys' issues. So I said, well, if you're gonna be cognizant of men's, boys' and fathers' issues, why don't you write it into the mission statement about being cognizant of that? Um, because nothing that you're saying or writing about is, is any indicator of that. Oh, no, it's okay, we'll be, we'll be very aware of that. Zero responsiveness, just passive aggressiveness. And so that's an example of the degree to which this is taken. Here is the person running for president who said he was going to be inclusive. He was going, and this is exclusive. Um, he's going to be healing, but this is not healing. Um, and so everything he promised was being neglected in this area. It's one of my straight black men, we have a problem. Straight black men, we have a problem. We have to we, we have to lift each other up. Straight black men, we have to lift each other up because we have no allies. That's what it seems, right? That's what it seems about all this stuff that I've been I've been I've been playing, all this stuff that I've been talking about. We have no allies but ourselves. So we have to start lifting each other up instead of killing each other. I mean, I this is just this can go so many different ways. But I mean, and I I definitely know it's black women out there who who love and support straight black men. I definitely understand that. I know it is. But fellas, 
we have to start doing better in lifting ourselves up and being more supportive of each other because we are at the bottom of the totem pole. We know that. We have to start being self-aware of that. We have to stop fucking caring about this bullshit-ass shit with the money, the clothes, cars, and all this other shit and start lifting each other up emotionally and mentally because they are trying to get rid of us. We are the last of a dying breed. Literally. But let me move on with the outline. Ten practices for a thriving relationship. And this is from the Gottman Institute. Number one, build a culture of appreciation, respect, and tolerance. Number two, develop trust through sharing your vulnerability. Three, Create time and a relaxed atmosphere to interact with your partner. Four, discuss expectations to avoid misunderstanding. Five, prepare for conflict and discuss how you will repair. Six, communicate effectively. Seven, develop rituals of connection. Eight, attune to your partner. Nine, establish a regular stress-reducing conversation. Ten, accept for and give forgiveness. And that is from the Gottman Institute. I found that on their Instagram page. I follow them. They talk a lot about, you know, uh, mental health and relationships and stuff like that. It's a good resource. And I brought that up because of I had to bring some positivity or some type of learning uh, inf good information or something to all it is because we aren't doing good in in our relationships black man black woman we aren't doing good we're repeating cycles and we're just a reflection of our reflexes that we've picked up from what we've seen from our parents or whoever our caregivers were we're just repeating cycles we have to do better because the black family is the most important establishment when it comes to when it comes to trying to find the right word when it comes to evolving our circumstances I came across this uh this book that I just purchased. I'm holding it in my hand right now. Bought it off of Amazon. I found it on Twitter. It's called Conscious Loving: The Journey to Co-Commitment, a way to be fully together without giving up yourself. And just based off of I haven't really gotten into the book yet cuz I just got it yesterday, but the book is like I said, the book is titled Conscious Loving. So it's about conscious loving. It says in order to have a healthy relationship, both parties must commit to releasing victimhood. In a co-committed relationship, no one plays the victim because each person takes 100% responsibility for their role in the relationship. Most people are committed to power struggles and ego, constantly focused on who is right, who is wrong, who is hurt the most, 
who was hurt the most in the past, who was doing what? And it is so harmful. That is powerful as fuck. Because every fucking black relationship that I've seen is all about going back and forth. I tweeted something out uh, yesterday where I said, I've never seen a black couple personally in love other than on social media or in the movies. And you have to be careful with social media. I've never seen it in person. It always seemed like every black relationship that I've seen, it always seemed like it was out of necessity or obligation. We are always fighting amongst each other in the relationship. It's always a power struggle. It's always an ego. It's always who's right and who's fucking wrong. It's never about just enjoying the moment, cultivating the relationship, loving each other. It's always some bullshit. Always some fucking bullshit. And you know why? Because our reflexes, the fear, the trauma, the lack of love, the the emotional unavailability from our parents or whoever caregivers we carry that shit we hold attachments to that shit we aren't even self-aware of the shit that the pain the hurt the trauma all of that inside of us these are fucking cycles that we continue to keep going through oh let's just go to church and maybe god or jesus will get it out of us but we won't go to therapy We won't do the work. We won't do the shadow work. We won't do the inner child work. We will just keep going along with our emotional and mental reflexes, reflecting that shit all across the board with anybody that we interact with, whether it's platonic or romantic. It's just a reflection. We have to do better. Because we are stronger together than we are doing all this other bullshit. And I'm saying this because, because I, I've done it and I'm still doing it to a degree. But I'm doing the work. So we have to do the work together. We have to encourage each other. I'm taking this personal because... I've gone through it. I'm going through it. I see it and I hate it. I hate it. We have to do better. Communicating, being self-aware of the shit that we going through, all of that. We have to do better. But I'm in the podcast. It's a taste to consider podcast. (laughs) Uh, You can find me on the taste to consider podcast on Instagram. A taste to consider as well on Instagram, that's the clothing brand, the taste to consider.com. Greatest.i.am.blog on Instagram, greatestiamblog.com on Instagram, where the new blog post is up. U-A-N-D-U underscore network on Instagram, where you have all of the podcasts under the network. Follow like, share, each and every one of the podcasts. 
despite what y'all might think, we are popping, we are putting in the work, so it's okay to share it. <laughs> when you listen to the podcast, download, listen, and then you can undownload to get it off your phone. It's just a click of a button. Each and every streaming service, you can hit the button to download it, listen. After you finish listening, hit that same button again, and it's off your phone. That's how we get our numbers. Please support us. We are black men and black women trying to do something positive. Support us. Thank you. This is a Taste to Consider podcast. You know I end every episode with a song. And once again, like I say on the past couple of episodes, and I will say every episode from now, I'm not going to tell you I love you. Get up, go to the mirror, and tell yourself you love you. A Taste to Consider podcast. Set the tone when it's just me and you alone. Never lonely in the room. I'm going to watch the photograph again tonight, though. <laughs> Yeah. And this song is from the photograph. Take me to a place where we can be all alone. I let you hold me, cause you know me. me yeah. Lay your head on my pillow, say, ooh. Touch is making me feel way, ooh. When I get around you, I lose it, lose it Cause I feel so comfortable with you You make me comfortable with you I feel so comfortable with you Say sick and the podcast. Let's go. Feel, feel the music. Say, sick and sit a podcast. Find me on Spotify. 
Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon. The link is in the bio of a taste to consider podcast on Instagram. You and you network. All the links in the podcast page on Instagram. U A N D U underscore network. Let's go. Take a sit podcast.